Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Today is a goddamn thrilling day. We have a legend among us today. I'm talking drag queen royalty, absolutely fantastic comedian, internet sensation, uh, cheap wig uh, putting together champion, except the list goes on and on. Trixie Mattel is here with us today and she couldn't be more of a delight. I feel like we only scratched the surface of the shenanigans that her life has been since uh, since Drag Race, since before Drag Race, what she's got coming up. She's got so many things, so many plates spinning and this was just, a, oh, I'm still reeling. I'm still reeling. Enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Trixie Mattel. <laughs> How do you uh, like change up your makeup look if you do it all? Because you have such a signature style. I don't change it too much because a that's what my skill set is, and b that's kind of like what people come to see. Right, right, right. So, like, so if you did something dramatically different, do you feel like you're letting people down? I mean, I think this still looks like Trixie, but yeah, anything softer, I would feel weird, and also I would start to feel uncomfortable when really? you're used to this much camouflage. Yeah. You know, you don't want to take something off. Yeah. I like to really feel like a totally different You don't want to feel naked. Yeah. You have to, it's like a uh, weighted blanket on your face. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> heavily. I almost slept in it last night. Really? Yes. You- of course I have. It's awful. It always seems like a good idea because like sometimes I'll have a late night and then I have to work in the morning yeah. for some taping thing. And sometimes I'm like, I just sleep in it. Yeah. So I take the lashes one time. Oh my God. So like I'll wear one wig Uh and then I'll attach other wigs to it for like updos and stuff. Sure. I'll take the updo piece off, take the lashes off, repowder everything and try to like sleep like a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, just completely still. And then wake up. But then, but then some, there's the responsible way of sleeping in makeup. And then there's the, I came home drunk. Yeah. Fuck them tomorrow. They get what they get version, which is a little more like I wake up. It's like the Simpsons makeup shifted. Yes. (laughs) The pillow looks like, you know, like me just as pressed in. Uh-huh. And that's almost worse because at a certain point, if you have to repair every feature on the face, just start over. Just, yeah, start from scratch. What about, I mean, because you're innovative in the makeup world now, you have your own line and all of that. Have you thought about innovative ways? I think a lot about why they don't make pillowcases out of like, you know, makeup wipes. That you could just fall asleep <laughs> directly on like a Neutrogena makeup wipe and just like toss and turn all night and then it does the work for you. No, that's a scam. See, I mean. Because it's a makeup wipe, it so it only works for one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disposable <laughs> pillowcases. I think this is great. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm always open to new ways to get makeup off. I mean, a lot of drag queens get very creative. I use like What's a series of, I use like an Albaline product, which is like a very heavy theatrical, like, like almost like Vaseline. Okay. Heavy goop, right? <laughs> yeah. And I do heavy goop to loosen everything. Uh-huh. And then while it's all suspended in the goop, then I take a very gentle makeup wipe and clean that. And just wipe it off. And then once the makeup's off, I do a hot, hot towel Ooh. Um, to get out because, you know, I'm gluing my brows and stuff. Right, right, and right. Then, I mean, usually I also shower, but I've learned to Ugh. not take the makeup off in the shower because it really makes it hard for, makes it hard job for the cleaners. <laughs> The, the whole bottom of the towel, the bathroom gets... Is a curious scene. It's shocking. I, but I know drag queens do Dawn dish soap. Dish soap on their face? On their face. Wow. I know people who do baby shampoo. I know people who do baby oil. Yeah. You'd be amazed. But there's no one product that everyone uses. There's no miracle product. Everyone's got their own routine. Yeah, because when you wear this much, you sort of have to do a double cleanse. You yeah. got to get the makeup off, and mm-hmm. then you actually have to take care of your 
face. Yeah. I'm very blessed. I mean, I'm in drag almost every day. And I, I mean, your really... skin looks amazing. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but Thank I can't God. really tell because there's a lot of makeup on it. <laughs> well, especially since because I started the cosmetics company this year, I'm also always trying new products because sure. I feel like I need to know what's hot, what's cool. I was going to ask because that industry obviously is so competitive, right? And yeah. a lot of drag queens have gotten into it. A lot of, you know, content creators have are in that world and it's a very drama filled world. But there I must, love it. Uh, are you, do you keep up with like the drama in the makeup. <laughs> I'm ready to be canceled. I'm, I'm always, ooh, I'm Have you always, been canceled yet? No, I'm always, yes, I've been canceled for comedy, oh, but not okay. for makeup yet. There's still but time. There's still time. <laughs> I think I solely got into this industry because it seemed like, it seemed like there was this whole, like you ever watch a TV show and be like, I wish I was in it. Yes. That was makeup drama for me. And I was like, I wish I was in it. I want to be in the yeah, middle of I that. Yeah, I want to get exposed because it's so pretend and make-believe. Yeah. And I feel like as a drag queen coming into the makeup industry, it's also my responsibility to sort of parody it in a way. Sure. I mean, like, that's also your brand to do stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So like yesterday, we wait, today on my cosmetics account, it's like me and drag being like, hey guys, it's me, Trick City. Today we have a special promotion going on. Every single piece of cosmetics is available for its regular price. <laughs> That's great. Because so many of these lines are doing like, yes, every day. I know brands that every day it's like 40% off for five minutes. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, it's intense. Um, How much like research did you do before you launched your line? None. (laughs) But see, I would respect that. I would respect you going in completely blind and just being like, I think this is great. And I haven't looked at any competitors or any of the market or any of the trends, but this is what I want. Well, I have like a good decade of experience in selling Trixie, right? So like, I do know what this looks like to people and what it works and how it doesn't work. And and before I did drag race and stuff, my day hustle was I was a makeup artist at an Ulta, a Sephora, and then I was with Mac for four and a half years. Wow. So I, I, full-time watch people shop for makeup for a living, which is extremely educational. I wonder about that. Do, uh, it must be fascinating to watch people look for makeup, especially like, I don't know what I'm looking for. And when I go into like a Sephora or Ulta, I can feel the burning eyes of the people that work there looking at me and knowing really? like, she has no fucking clue what she's doing and like slowly like encroaching on me and me going because I don't like talking and interacting with like people that work in stores. I'm just like, I got it. I got it. I got it. But clearly I'm like swatching the absolute wrong color on me and I can just feel like judgment from afar. Do is that the kind of people watching that you've picked up on in working there for so long? No, it was a lot more like um, maybe it's because I was male mm-hmm. and maybe it's because I was young, but people would sort of like I noticed that people, women would feel very disarmed by their makeup bags. They feel like society is expecting them to wear makeup and they're expecting them to know how to wear it. Right. And so there's no culture of asking or learning or saying, I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. And so like, I found that normal, boring people and Uh fabulous drag queens, we all want the same thing. We want something that's priced well, it works well, Mm -hmm. and it's easy, if not fun to use. Right. And if you can add a fun factor that's how you put a love mark on something. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed from drag, the reason people like drag is because adults just want to feel like children for one second. They yeah. just want to feel like a kid. That's true. And so for me, it was like my makeup bag for Trixie was all these pro products, sleek black packaging with great formulas. Mm. And then it was like my glitter stacker from Claire's, <laughs> you know, like all my like. Something you put in your caboodle. Yeah, like my play makeup. <laughs> yeah. So with my cosmetics, I was like, well, can we do this sort of like, Tamagotchi, Polly Pocket, <gasps> My Little Pony packaging, mm-hmm. but can we put Pro Formula in it? Oh, and so I love my products because you get that like 
you get that little girl moment. Yeah. But you get an eight hour wear and a great finish and so there a is great, a way. Yeah. It's fun, but also professional. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's a tip for going to the support is the girls on the Please. YouTube do this. If you go in with no makeup on. They do your whole face. Right? Or they think you're garbage and they're like, we're not helping her. <laughs> oh, so kind of go Thank homely. You. Go homely. Okay. Got it. I'm going to go in my comfy next time and or just see what happens. Headphones. Yeah, yeah, Because that's know. sort of the paraverbal. That's we, the, in the retail, we call that paraverbal communication. Oh, what does that mean? Communicating without talking. Oh, like nonverbal, please don't come up and approach yes. me. Yeah. It's like if you're standing in a makeup counter with your arms closed, that's not welcoming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Versus, I guess the reverse of that would be standing in a Macy's like this. <laughs> yeah, just like the Titanic scene. Yeah. Just like, take me now. Because I remember when I worked at Mac, there was a, a brand new, I forget what she was. She was like some kind of regional boss lady mm -hmm. and she we, none of us knew what she looked like and so she was going to all the counters and fake shopping like secret shopping <gasps> to learn oh. and one day she was she secret shopped with us and then afterward she was like it was very like give me the keys i'm taking over like yeah. she, she took off the wig she took like off the flipper boss. yes <laughs> yeah she was in a fat suit no yeah. and then she was just like a lot of you guys were standing there with your arms closed and that's paraverbal communication that you don't really wow. want to help anybody it's crazy how retail is. Everybody has a retail story. Yeah. But little did I know I would go on to have the privilege of having my own makeup company. Oh, my God. I got the training of my life from all those jobs. Did you watch – did uh, did people shoplift? Oh. my first job was at TJ Maxx. Work. And I worked – like I was 16 and I worked in the fitting rooms. And I would just kind of – I was so shy, so introverted. And I would – watch adult women like blatantly go in the fitting room with six items come out with two and like have tags underneath their clothes <laughs> like obviously shoplifting but and i can't was say anything right i was just like good for you like you that i'm not gonna say anything but like <laughs> you could do this a little cleaner but like but i guess you need it and also, like is anybody being paid at that level enough money to like yeah what's, are you gonna like mr max wasn't giving me a bonus <laughs> if i reported anyone so it's like are you gonna like steven seagal start unscrewing the brew handle yeah. and like get ready to take this bitch out but did you watch did people like openly shoplift in makeup stores oh yeah i mean I, I found that like when I worked at an Ulta, obviously we had fragrance. Uh -huh. And so that's a higher price point. So right. like, and at, at the Ulta I worked at, you couldn't say anything. Oh. So like, let's say you stole this baby. Right. I could walk up to you holding another baby and be like, did you need help bringing something up? <gasps> you can sort of suggest it. Oh. But you can't even tell someone that like, I saw you steal. So because... it's like subliminal messaging of letting someone kind of know if they read between the lines. Yes. Like, I saw what you were doing. Yeah. And you can't like chase them to the parking lot. You can't chase them out of the store. You can't say anything. Once they're out of the store, <laughs> you can call the police department. But I guess then they're gone. Right. And what's the point? Uh -huh. And then when I worked at Mac, because that was kind of my, my real big bread and butter of like learning makeup and everything yeah. was... People would steal testers a lot, which I always found shocking. Testers? You steal the tester makeup. But I mean, that to me seems like a bacteria covered like thing everyone's touching. Yeah, I mean. Or it's just easier to steal. Who knows? Easier to steal because at least at my store, we kept the product out of people's hands. Yeah. We worked in kind of a difficult area and so they would probably would have been a lot. Of, we had one of those malls that like we would have lockdowns. Lockdowns in the like mall? Like fights or like, you know, when they had like, one day there was a flash mob at my mall and we all got evacuated. <laughs> Wait, a like a dance flash mob? No, it was like a bunch of high school kids agreed to show up at a certain time and place and just start breaking shit. Oh, that's different than what the like. So I remember I was doing this girl's makeup and it was like, we got to go. And like grabbed her hand and <laughs> took her outside. So we're staying in the parking lot. Wow. Because kids, <laughs> I oh, have learned through like social media that flash mobs are like, we show up and we have a choreographed dance that no one around us knows that we're doing. Yeah. Well, I wish. 
There's a flash mob. Oh my God. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. I wish. Sharks. Sharks. I wish. No. So that's why I do e-commerce now. Try to steal from me. But yeah, yeah. You gotta be here pretty early in the morning to come break into my uh, you warehouse. Hack it out. Yeah. Um, you are insanely busy. You're <laughs> it's wild. Or problem. you put on the airs that you're insanely busy, but you're doing so much shit right now. I was watching uh your documentary Moving Parts, which Thank is you. so fun, so cool. How did did you feel nervous to agree to do something like that? Like, because that feels like very intimate based on everything else. It's like, I think a little bit more presentational, you know, that's really a good observation, because I think a lot of people think that because I'm Trixie, I'm all out there. Sure. What could be less out there than every time you talk about yourself, you dress as someone else. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, and I'm very private. So yeah. for the Trixie thing, I put all my life into the jokes and the songs and the looks, mm -hmm. but it's through this trumpet. It's not like my own voice, you know? Sure. So for that movie, um, my it's produced by my boyfriend of three years. Right, which is another layer of it being so intimate. Yeah, we didn't tell anybody because, again, I'm private. I don't even like people to know his Instagram. So sure. Like, but obviously people can find it if they want. But having somebody you trust on the other side of the camera, it was like a, a definitely a lubricant for certain conversations. And mm -hmm. I knew that no matter what, you know, like on Drag Race, <laughs> if you like go on there and say something really awful, they got you, gal. Yeah. And like they'll probably use it. Yeah. Um, you but, don't have the control over how the edit happens. Yeah, yeah. But in this, it was like I knew that somebody had a financial investment in me mm -hmm. and also had a personal stake in um, they're not trying to get me, gal. Right, 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 right. So that was nice. And honestly, it was like because I had just done Drag Race and Trixie and Katya was starting in Viceland. I was putting on my second record. I was doing this world tour. It just seemed like if we don't make like a snow globe of this, I'm it's going to seem like a waste and I'm going to forget it because this could never happen again. Well, that's the thing too, right? Because it's a, it's like a personal, like visual scrapbook for you to look back on all of these like insane moments that are happening that are so hard, I'm sure, to like appreciate in the moment. Yes, it because is. Because you're constantly moving. It is. I mean, I watched some of those scenes that don't seem important. Like there's a scene of me standing in this, I think it's like Grand Clapham in London, this big hall, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm standing there tuning my auto harp. And I just remember, I remember tuning my auto harp, but I don't remember being like, wow, I'm tuning my, my fucking Appalachian folk instrument <laughs> to go play for like 1200 people because it doesn't feel cool in the moment because you're just working. Right, right, right. Or like when I won Drag Race, there's a part in the film where the cameras were there watching me find out I won the biggest drag competition in the world. Yeah. I, that moment just was like, it was it happened and was over. And at the same time, it seemed like to last forever. It was like my whole life frozen. Wow. And it was like watching it back. I've only seen the movie maybe twice because mm -hmm. it's a little intimate to watch some of the parts. Sure. And so watching that part, I'm like, that is magical. Yeah. And I'm so happy we have this like terrarium of it. Yeah. Every time I watch it, it's like it's happening again. That's so um, cool. Yeah, I'm very proud of the movie. Again, there's a lot of parts, especially with Katya, especially with parts about my family. Mm -hmm. Stuff that's not my favorite thing to talk about, but the film did a really good job of keeping it very intimate and very like Wizard of Oz style, like the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does feel that way. The film's almost like somber. And I think most people see me in comedy and of course in comedy, you're doing your truth, but you're doing it in a way that gives everyone permission to laugh. Mm -hmm. This film has a lot of like not punchline moments, you but know, that's what's so I find those moments way more interesting than like the, you know, scripted bits and the pre-rehearsed, you know, stuff on stage, stuff like that. Like I like to see the man behind the curtain. I like to see the 
all the little moments that get you to being on stage and being able to live your life out loud like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's very, very cool. Thank you. Well, the, the byproduct of that is there's definitely parts in the film where I'm like, wow, whoever was a fan of mine who thought I was a real celebrity, that moment is gone now. <laughs> like, like me in my garage rifling through boxes of gowns, but or like great. me at the airport pulling my own suitcases. But it's great because I think that's I've maybe uh, a little bit of an un, unidentified part of like drag is all the behind the scenes, all the schlepping, all the stuff that you guys do. Like you're a one woman show. Like you handle so much of your business. And there's and, not even a woman. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A one, a one, a one Muppet show. It's great. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about Trixie and Katya. Sure. I'm obsessed with the YouTube series, the Viceland series. You are? I love it. You <laughs> had my friend Mamrie Hart on uh, a while ago. Yes. I, icon. Yeah. A couple years ago, I was like going through a breakup and I was just like doing the sit in bed for a month situation. Oh. And I found the show on YouTube and then all of a sudden an episode uh, I play it and Mamrie just walks on. I was like, what the fuck? She didn't even tell me that she was on this. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. I love the editing, obviously. Oh my God. It's taken on like a full life of its own. Uh, what was it like for you guys to start working on YouTube to see like all like because you can see numbers, you can see growth, you can see like interactions with people that must have been coming from Drag Race, like kind of different. Well, yes. And also um, it was like YouTube has changed so much. Like mm -hmm. what's great for us is drag queens. We've always been content creators and we've always had to finance our own things and find a way to do it bootleg. And, right. Uh, for us, we like realized that YouTube was a place where we could have a lot of control mm -hmm. and our fan base is so young. I think something like, I think something like, like for example, I know for my cosmetics company, 90% of our purchases are made on mobile, not on desktop. Wow. So that shows you how many people watch things on tablets and phones mm -hmm. versus computers and TVs. Yeah. So for us having this short form, less than 10 minute, high impact, you can watch it a few times and still find new jokes, mm -hmm. comedy series that could be accessed by like high school age kids. Yeah. And we call it like the toilet show. Like you could watch it on the toilet. You yep. catch the episode for the week. Mm -hmm. It was a huge advantage for us. I mean, when I think of what that show did for me and Katya's careers, um, it really changed the game because we did Drag Race and that really made people a fan of us and not just Drag Race. Yeah. Did you guys become friends through Drag Race and then kind of decide to start this adventure yeah. together? I mean, we became, we were friends on Drag Race, but not really. Like mm -hmm. we were both so grief stricken trying to win this, you know, <laughs> Hunger Games situation. Yeah. That we're not like bonding, but then after the fact, we we bonded a little bit, and then when we started this series, we we discovered we had this chemistry. We didn't really know. Really? No, we didn't really know. And then it was like it, when you watch the show from episode one to I think like we're on one twenty now. Nuts. You can really see a friendship develop. You can see in the first 30, 40 episodes, we're asking very basic questions about one another. Yeah. Like. You're getting to know each other. It's basically, yeah, you're watching two people like court each other a little bit. Yeah. And we just go so well because it's like, I, I think it's because I look crazy, <laughs> but my POV in comedy is a little more dry and punchline-y and like, but it's, yeah. and she looks normal, mm. but it, <laughs> she looks more sure, like a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's some red flags with her looks. Like she looks normal until you look again and realize there's like a bird nest on the head. Right. Or when you look a little closer, I know. I, I was watching the holiday one and she's like, oh, and then there's an actual manger on her head. That and by the way, we shoot on green screen. The Joseph was paint was wearing a green robe and she had to nail polish paint it blue. <laughs> 
So if you wonder what our production quality is, it's us it. nail polishing a little baby Jesus. Very DIY. Yeah. Um, but we've gotten really close and we're really proud of the work. And honestly, um, you know, we both get to tour the world and do so many cool things. That show. How much do you guys prep for the show before you shoot episodes? Nothing. Or is it really off the cuff? Is it All really like, here's your, let's talk about, you know, the cups. And then you guys just go. We don't plan a thing. Wow. While we're getting ready that day. Um, usually the producer comes in. The, by the way, Pete, who produces it, mm -hmm. also films it and does audio. Wow. So like we are, it's two drag queens and one person. That's the show. That's amazing. Which is like when we were at the streamy, we were nominated for the streamy again oh, this yeah. year. <laughs> How was the streamies? Did you go? It's just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. YouTube people are, makeup people and YouTube people are on another level. Yep. <laughs> equal parts celebrity, equal parts shut-ins. It's yeah. crazy. And Everyone's delusional. <laughs> delusional. And like some of these celebs, these YouTube celebs, they're huge. And yeah. you see them in real life and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Like I just saw Jojo Siwa, who's like yeah. that young ponytail girl. Yeah. Um, She's like 30. Yeah. She's got a, she, Mamrie and I always joke that she talks like she's eaten six boxes of cigarettes before. <laughs> she <laughs> is a grown woman. Yeah. I mean, she's a business mogul. My niece was her for Halloween and my brother showed me like a photo and I was like, oh. Yeah, I mean, she looks cute. <laughs> she, it's a cute look, but I thought she was a kid. She yeah. got up. This is like a developed teenage girl yeah. with like, it makes me think like- But she's like, still a teenager. It makes me think like Disney's like, raise the camera and hire her voice. We got to squeeze this. You know, like yeah, they're trying yeah, to make yeah. it seem like, like in five years, we're going to be like, is she still a kid? Yeah, maybe it's got a conspiracy theory that she's like a 60-year-old Russian woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, and we lost the we lost the streamy again. Who'd you um, lose to? Do you know? We lost to YouTube series Escape the Night. Oh, Joey Graceffa. Yes, yeah. Huge series. Mm -hmm. And we lost, and of course we're bitter. And we're listening to the speech for the winner, and they go, This is, you know, for all 250 people who are on set every day for the show. And I'm like, okay, we have me, a green screen, a crackhead, and a camera. <laughs> so like, I'm not mad that we didn't we didn't win. Sure, but like, we do so much with so little on that show. It's amazing, but it's like that's kind of how YouTube started. You know, like that's the essence of it. Is like kids on their own, adults on their own, trying to make stuff. You know, as best they can with the resources that they have. Yeah, I mean, and at this point, luckily our following is the views are so. We haven't stopped because the views keep going. It's so nuts. we're not going to stop making them until they like drop off. And at this point, if you've not seen our show, if you're like from 15 to 30 and you haven't at least heard about the show on YouTube, you've actively tried not to hear about it. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because our thumbnails are we become recommended videos for the weirdest things mm -hmm. because we have so many topics. <laughs> yeah, you cover a whole spectrum. If you watch a drag queen video or a makeup video, we will pop up. Yeah. And then because we talk about breakup and now that we're out of topics now we're like <laughs> let's talk about industrial farming like yeah. we, we have we're so scraping the bottom of the barrel the other day we were like god we've talked about the doctor but we've never talked about the waiting room yeah, <laughs> yeah how do you guys decide on topics do you like crowdsource do you ask people what they want you to talk about no we honestly sometimes just it goes from our moods or what's hot to us to okay. talk about like one day we were in a terrible mood and i just said we're going to talk about crying and yeah, and that's a universal uh, topic that yeah. a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, and like so we always do certain themed ones like Christmas, sure, New Year, um, and some of the topics. You know, some of this stuff was forty plus years ago. So some of the topics, I'm like, I think we need to do food again. Yeah, bring I'm it thirty back. now. We talked about that when I was twenty five. Like, My metabolism is different now. Yes, and I have a different relationship different journey. Yeah, it has been a great gig because it's really 
sold us accidentally as a package. And so, you know, now we have our show Queens Who Like to Watch on Netflix. Right. So it's, it's and we get to show up to things together and host. And because, you know, doing improv with someone so long, you have so much trust that you mm -hmm. can get thrown anything and you're like, we're fine. Also, it's just fun because it seems like you guys are genuinely trying to make each other laugh more than trying to make the audience laugh. And yes. there's something about that that's just very sweet to watch. <laughs> yes. It's very cool. We get that a lot. And that must be a really true thing because a lot of people say, like, it seems like you'd be doing it even if we weren't watching. Well, it's also because you guys <laughs> so often, and I think this is such a like small minor detail, but I like it so much that you guys talk to, like, you look at each other. You're not just presenting out to the camera the whole time. Like, you look inward and actually have a conversation amongst yourselves. Yeah. And there's something about that that's like, I want to be in on that conversation that they're having yeah. in front of me, but not with me right now. <laughs> yes. People sort of feel like people sort of feel like they're having a, they're in the conversation. Yeah. But and they're overhearing you two talk in a corner. <laughs> yes. She is also, I mean, so many episodes, episodes in she's endlessly surprising, like her life. It's oh, like, like yeah. final destination that she's even still alive. Like, <laughs> We just wrote a book together, Trixie and Katya's, yeah, Trixie and Katya's Guide to Modern Womanhood. That's it's great. It's on pre-order now on Amazon. Cool. It's an etiquette and home economics textbook for young girls. Wow. We wrote it. Uh, I love it. And, uh, you know, even reading her sections, like I thought I knew her and I'm like, you are crazy. <laughs> There's a section with haikus about getting your period. Wow. She's a 40, she's a 40 year old man. Wow. I mean, but that just goes to show the artistry that you guys aren't afraid <laughs> to dabble in. <laughs> We're really the authorities on women's bodies. Really. I mean, probably, you know, way more than most of the women in my life. So I will read that textbook front to back. We definitely know about like hair and makeup and we talk about breakups and relationships and all that we do know about. I would yeah. say women's bodies, maybe speculation. <laughs> some googling on your own yeah. um okay we're gonna take a quick break when we get back i have a billion more questions for you also the internet has a lot of questions for Great. you so we're gonna get into that we'll be right back with more not too deep do you guys have a um safe word or something established between the two of you that like allows you to take space without feeling offended by the other one? No. You know why we're the best of friends? We're both <laughs> solitary lone wolves. Oh, okay. We call or text or probably every day. Right. Because you've posted things that she sent you, like text messages and stuff and like voice memos. Yes. Has there been anything in particular that's like your favorite thing or stuff that you're like, you've crossed the line, you can't send me this? Um. I th I like uh, it's usually this when I text her it's because I'm in drag and feeling it and I'll send her a picture of me and be like can you even I'm like this picture of me from my album rec right my record uh, Barbara uh -huh. there's this picture of me in a swimsuit with like these big silicone boobs on and I was like can you I was like can you just and she's just like I her response is always like I'm happy you feel that way about yourself but like I don't see it. and then usually when she texts me it's some weird thing out of nowhere. Some like Julia Roberts fact or like <laughs> she loves Julia Roberts. Yeah. She's yeah. very into like Hollywood celebrity female women, mm. especially like from the 90s. Okay. That's like her whole thing. That's her era. She loves like a Rebecca De Mornay. Okay. Um, she loves like a Sharon Stone, that gotcha. kind of shit. Who are yours? My like personal favorites. Or like who do you, uh, do you like social media? Let's start there. 
Yeah, I love yeah? it. Okay, so who are your go-to like follows on social media? Like who are you checking in with? Oh, well, I, I, well, like on Twitter, I love I love um Chelsea Pretty's account. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um I love uh Jabuki, you know him? No. Oh my god, Jabuki is his he's this comedian. He's a young gay man. Is his Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> he's great. He's so funny. The other day he was like you all just dog on Elizabeth Warren because she's a powerful woman of color. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> and he, did like this, okay. he did like this monologue about how because she's like fake Native American, people hate her. And I was like, I hate you. <laughs> um, I love Tommy Doe on Instagram. Tommy underscore underscore Doe. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He takes these pictures and videos of like rich, white, hot gays from Instagram. Uh-huh. And he basically like, takes it, reposts it and gives it new captions. <laughs> Like earnest parody <laughs> captions, like making fun of basically like gay Instagram culture. Amazing. My other new one is um fat uh, gay fat friend. I don't know Todd that. Masterson. Do you know him? Uh uh-uh. uh Todd Masterson's a comedian from L.A. and he takes hot gay white guy pictures uh-huh. and he reposts them and he edits himself in <laughs> and he's like a six five plus size guy. Uh-huh. So he basically is putting himself in the pictures, having like imagine if these people actually had a fat friend. <laughs> Wait, he edits himself like next to them, oh, and yeah, and then, not like, as them. Oh no, like, but it's just... like them in a pool. He like but puts hanging. himself in a swimsuit with them, <laughs> and these people get really offended because these Do like they? these Instagram model people have absolutely no sense of humor oh, about yeah. their content. That's or, like, their job. That's their art, and you are messing yes. with their art. <laughs> like my friend Tommy, who does that account, he was doing this thing called like Gay Thruple. Mm-hmm. There was this this famous gay couple who their whole thing is Instagramming themselves, okay. and he was creating content to splice in as if he was their thruple <laughs> and he was always like the left out less hot thruple yeah, yeah, yeah. and they they like contacted him and threatened him with like bullying and because wow. these, these these hot instagram gays have absolutely no sense of humor about oh that's this. unfortunate but isn't it better that way yeah i guess so i guess what you assume and so to know that that's the reality is actually yeah kind gay of people fulfilling. are rotted <laughs> hot, hot it's gay people are rotted hot gay people are extra rotted yeah. <laughs> but 20 at 2020 though straight people are the they need to pull it like, yeah. <laughs> straight people are straight people are gay now it's true i think i think you're absolutely correct straight women now straight women now are like ra- wearing rainbow mm-hmm. doing anal saying yes queen <laughs> and like gay guys now are like sitting home in like a fishtail braid being like <laughs> Why are you guys so in your face about it? Like the roles now are totally reversed. Yeah. I then it's uh 2020 is gonna be a confusing year, I think. Everyone's gonna be um doing their best. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. Uh would you what do you what do you watch? Like what do you watch TV? Do you watch movies? <laughs> do you listen to music? Do you sit in the dark with no noise around you at all? You're gonna laugh. So what? like I love video games. Oh, yeah. But, Don't you love Pokemon and all that stuff? Yeah, I love all that stuff. Okay. But my, like, leisure activity, yes. my YouTube leisure activity. Okay, I'm very into YouTube. I don't watch okay. a lot of, like, Netflix or anything. Gotcha. Um, I don't watch Only a lot of... Only unless you're getting paid. Yeah, I'll watch that <laughs> stuff for sure. Um, I like the Connors. I don't know if it's cool to not like it without Roseanne. Okay. But I, I think it's so funny still. Okay. Um, I'll rewatch The Office anytime. Yeah. And then I love YouTube. Okay. I love, like... um. If, if there's been like a fight at a mall, I've seen it. 
if there's like a fighter to school, I've seen it. So you like like what's the like anything clickbaity like um like security footage of people falling. Oh, that's what I always say. One of my favorite things is looking up men falling off boats because it's like <laughs> the guys that love like their boats and it's like them trying to get on from the dock and they like fall into the water. I and love it's that. Great. It's very fun. Kids getting hurt anytime. <laughs> Kids getting scared. Yeah. Kids getting scared and crying. Yeah. Um, I love anything like that. Uh, I mean, I like to watch. I love comedy records. Um, I just don't watch a lot of movies or TV. So you like, don't you don't watch like reality TV or anything like that? No, I mean oh, honestly, nowadays you. I barely catch Drag Race. Wow, yeah. Do you feel obligated to keep up with all of that? No, and you know what? I think that less TV because I do a lot of things on camera. Right. Keeps me less nervous on camera. Oh, I think it's that's, psychological. That's interesting. I don't know. Like now, my relationship with filming and YouTube and TV is always the making it yeah. and not the consuming it. Oh. And I don't know, maybe the artsy part of me is like trying to keep a clean palette of like, don't get influenced. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I catch myself sometimes like having to pull back on watching television because I just feel like now I'm just recycling things that have, are in my subconscious that I've yeah. seen. Yeah. Oh, I love, but I also love pranks. Pranks. <laughs> S- scare tactics. Really? Yes. There's a show, Prank Encounters on Netflix okay. where they uh, prank people. Oh, wow. I mean, if you watch the Tracy Morgan 2014 reiteration of Scare Tactics, uh-huh. clear, okay, he's the host, but uh-huh. he clearly shot all the plugs in one day because <laughs> he's in one suit. And he, I love Tracy Morgan because it'll be like a woman getting this shit scared out of her and like sprinting out of a house. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to Tracy Morgan being like, okay, Christy, you better not run out of my house when things get freaky. <laughs> I mean, to me, Tracy. I've never, Mor- I've never heard of this. Tracy Morgan could like read the phone book and make it funny, you know. But like, um, I love, I love pranks. I like anything where people in real life are reacting to unrealistic circumstances, are thrown off of their normal, yes. everyday routine. So, and reality TV to me is hard to sometimes get into because you've been a part of it. Yes. Yeah. And da- you know Dana Gould. Mm-hmm. I love Dana Gould, and he has a section about reality TV where he says. It's people who aren't actors mm-hmm. performing something that's not written. It's an amateur production of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly correct. They're not actors. It's not a play. It's not a TV show. It's just people acting in a way they think they're supposed to act if it was really happening. Yeah, trying to act like people. Yeah, and like even on Drag Race sometimes, I was maybe not the best reality TV show competitor because... <laughs> I really shined in the confessionals where yeah. I'm alone recapping the day, mm-hmm. but it's only because I find reality TV so silly that I always felt like a, a, a correspondent live from the scene. Like, okay, all these people <laughs> who are acting like TV today, this is what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, even on TV when someone like drag queens would sometimes try to like pick a fight and also like cheat out. Yeah. <laughs> you see in the fight, they suddenly move to the other side yes, of the person yes. to get their and I would always see that and be like, oh, God. You can clock it immediately. Are yeah. we doing this? I uh, guess we're doing this. Question about the confessionals. Did you shoot those all in one day or are those shot like over the course of the season? They would shoot it at the first thing in the morning the next day. Oh, get you at the best time of the day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a morning person. Oh, okay. So I would wake up. You have my black tea at 7 a.m. being like, this bitch. Like, <laughs> It's a great way to start the day. Yeah. You start the day on camera before you walk into the workroom. So to me, it was like. So you're already on. It was my zip zap zap. Yeah. Well, you're a theater kid, right? Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I have a BFA in musical theater, but mm-hmm. I don't identify as a musical theater person. That's what I was going to ask. Cool. Okay. So you're not into, do you go to musical theater now? Do you see musicals now? 
No, Have I mean, you seen cats? No. <laughs> I mean, I was a music major. Okay. And I s- transferred to musical theater because I wanted to learn more about comedy and, and, and movement. Oh, okay. And I, di- I didn't really ever plan on doing musical theater, uh, but I wanted those skills built up. You wanted that to fill your toolbox. Yes. With some stuff. And for drag, it was a great training because you get to, get to know your body, you get to know your voice, mm-hmm. your, the way you look in the mirror without seeing a mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was all very helpful. But uh, musical theater is crazy and wild and out. It's wild and out <laughs> with Nick Cannon, as Katya would say. Yeah. Um, so I don't really miss doing it. But in my shows, what do I do? I do jokes, sing songs, and move around. I'm not not doing musical theater, right, so I doing, can't you, shit on it that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gave you some good tools to get to where you are now. Yeah. If reality TV is an amateur production of nothing, I guess what I do is a professional production of something, <laughs> but we a, can't a really thing? name it. Yeah. yeah. It's amorphous. Uh, how do you prep before shows? Do you have like a, a ritual? Do you do zip, zip, zop in the mirror with yourself? Do you Well, like, do you do your own makeup and hair? I do. Well, do you, when I'm allowed to. Do you consider that a ritual for getting ready? I consider it like like putting on clothes before going on stage, like something that I should do. It's not like zen for you or, or no, confidence building or like... It, no, no. Not in the same way it probably is for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think for some people, not everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in theater, like for me, one time I played an old person okay. and I could not get it. But once, Humble brag. But once I put on like old penny loafers, ah. I be, I felt old. Yeah. <laughs> and once I put on age makeup, I knew what an old person was. You were in the zone. Yeah. So to me, the the get up really puts me in the place. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had a science experiment and we did this interview out of drag, it, we would have been two different things. It would have been a completely different yes, conversation. Yes, like different energy. I would have been more talking about it like, a, you know, like a... The work someone else does in a way. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But um, for me, putting on makeup takes probably an hour and a half. Wow. And then putting on corset and pads and boobs and my gluing down my wigs, putting on jewelry, my nails. That's another 40 minutes. So that sort of is a mental... That is meditative, though, I bet. Like, yeah, does... I, I get in the tube slide and I come out another person, sort of. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it is very meditative. And then usually, especially when I'm doing stand-up... Um, because I play guitar in my shows, mm-hmm. I don't want to get nervous. So if I, I love to, I stand backstage and play my guitar Yeah. and, uh, just play to myself because it keeps me from thinking about anything, keeps me getting nervous. Mm. Um, or I mean that theater person in me, I'll be backstage doing squats, pushups, <laughs> planks, anything. Getting the blood pumping. Yeah. You know how in, like, at least in theater, it was always like your body was the way to get you out of your head. Yeah. 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 And that always seemed really wishy-washy. And I had one of those weird acting teachers where everything was abstract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing how, especially for singing, getting in, getting your body involved gets you out of what you think your body's supposed to do. Mm, interesting. For comedy, for me at least, yeah. before I go out there, I need to be like yeah. dancing or moving or talking or yelling. Yeah, just something to get your flow going. Yeah, I know people who like sit there and then walk out and that's never really been my style. No, I have to also like jump around and move around and just like feel, maybe do a couple shots and feel like <laughs> anything. <laughs> yes, we call that putting on our personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my, that's my zip zap top. I usually have a Red Bull. 
Yeah. And maybe that's Same. psychological at this point. I have I'm, one in my bag. I didn't pull it out because sometimes I feel like people looking at other people drinking Red Bull makes them nervous for some reason. Yes. Or there's <laughs> a shame attached to it, at least in LA. Yeah. It might as well be like a meth pipe. Yeah, I know. I'm from Jersey originally. And so like the, I've been drinking Red Bull since I was like 10. So it's yeah. like to me, it's just a go to. It's like any beverage. But I've learned from other people that it's like that is like a weapon that you're putting in your body. Yeah. Um, Kati and I, one time we had a long shoot day and we had to f- red eye that night to like Australia or something. Dang. And we had like three Red Bulls that day and um, we got on the plane. We're sitting next to each other and we were both like, never again. <laughs> that does not make you feel good. No. And when you get the shakes at the end of it, yeah. when your body is like, I'm not cold, I'm sweating, but I'm shaking at the same time. Yeah. And you really should sandwich a Red Bull with like a meal and water. <laughs> yeah. Anything. Yeah. And then honestly start with half the Red Bull. Yeah. And there's a risk. I think there's a responsible way <laughs> to Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, qu- I quit drinking and I don't smoke. So I guess that's my moment. Yeah. I mean, you got to replace the behavior with something. I haven't killed anybody. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, I, I guess my only vice. Do you have a vice? What do you do? Uh, my Well, I'm also doing dry January right now. So I feel like caffeine is my vice right sure. now as like a supplemental thing. <laughs> Can I just say, I feel like it's not quiche. Mm-hmm. I love drinking. Yeah, me too. And I only stopped drinking 16 days ago. Congrats. For January. Just, are you doing just January? Well, I go on tour February 5th and I don't really drink before shows Good for or you. the night before I have a show. Good for you. So if I'm doing back-to-back shows, there is no drinking. Good for you. That's very professional. I do not abide by those rules. <laughs> I don't because I also have to play guitar. Right. And my so show's like 90 minutes. Oh, uh, and it's just you, right? Well, this year there's also a band and there's oh, about cool. 11 costumes. Wow. So too much going on. Yeah, that's can't, a lot. You can't wanna, bring in any. That makes sense. You're a professional. And this starts in February, right? Yeah, 29 oh. cities. Wow. Are you excited? Yeah. My last tour was 60 American cities. So I'm really excited to do like half that mm-hmm. but is it a bigger production yes i'm literally taking confidentiality yeah. breached i'm literally probably making eight dollars on this tour because uh. i i spent so much on costumes and wigs and band and set pieces and video and wow i really this year i'm doing like the show of my dreams oh that's so great i am just so excited and i was just like well I know that I make a lot of money traveling with one mic stand and a guitar, but this year, let's really like blow this fucking shit out of the water. Let's do something no drag queen has done and let's make people who've seen me five years in a row leave and be like, bitch, my wig flew. Yeah. You know, that's because you're going to really transport people to an experience that I don't know that they're going to be prepared for. Yeah. It's called grown up and it's about probably like, you know, probably like an hour and a half. Um, but it's called grown up. It's crazy video costumes, wig reveals, um, There's a full band playing my record, Barbara, and I turned 30 this year and the show's sort of about hitting that age where um, you start to question whether or not you really have, do you exhibit the, the, the details of an adult or not? Yeah. And how do you gauge that? And especially when you're a gay person, if you're not married with kids, that's not your benchmark. So what are your benchmarks to feel like an adult? Oh, that's interesting. You know? And I feel like that's something that, you know, the age range of your audience like can relate to in a lot of different ages, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it is for heterosexuals, but I'm assuming the pressure is higher when people around you are getting married with children. You sure. start to be like, should I? Right. Especially if your inclination is, I don't want to. Yeah. But like, should I? Yeah. yeah. And for gay people, we don't really feel that need, mm-hmm. especially my generation. I didn't grow up thinking I could have a baby or get married. So I didn't right. think about it. Yeah. So now it's like, well, God, I'm a 30 year old man. The color of my living room is 
baby pink. <laughs> the color is called baby girl. And I have That's a great. doll collection. There's thousands of Barbies in my house. Uh, am I adult? Am I an adult? Yeah. Is this 30 to me? Is this what I imagined 30 to be? But it's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I think the average American little girl owns 11 Barbies. Mm -hmm. So by my calculations, I am what? 600 little girls or something like that. <laughs> you know? Which means not if, but when I get my period. Whew, Yikes. It's, it's going to be a doozy. You're always synced up with everyone yeah. else. And if you'd uh, like to know more about your period, we have a haiku about it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, do you still actively collect dolls? Yes. I have one of the most impressive and beautiful and curated Barbie doll collections. You How do you, see. do you keep it in your home? Is it like on display? Are yes. they? <laughs> yes. Okay. So in my living room, there's probably 50. Okay. <laughs> There's a closet in my living room that probably has. Oh, no. Another few hundred. <laughs> in the closet. Yeah. And then in my bedroom, in my bedroom, in my bedroom, there's probably, there's probably another hundred. Oh, my God. And then there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a Barbie dream house next to my bed. <laughs> And my boyfriend and I, we, listen, uh, three years in, we've dabbled in maybe being open, uh -huh. right? And I moved into this condo. I live alone, which has only calcified my worst attributes, right? Oh, yeah. And now it's like, wow, there was a, a gentleman caller at my home. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm that story now. Yeah. Well, that's the great thing is you're giving other people stories. It's very generous of But you. I'm going to go to a stand-up show. And I'm going to hear, I went to this fag's house and he had a Barbie collection. And I'm going to be like. But honestly, I think most people want to sleep with me. In gay world, people know who I am. So, yeah. so get with it. What do you think is going to be my what house? What would you expect? Matchbox cars? Yeah, if you had a mid-century modern designed home, I think people would be disappointed. <laughs> well, it's all 60s mid-century. Okay. And it's all gold, white lacquer, and baby pink everything. Yeah, I think that's what people hope for. Yes, and all the art on the walls is either paintings of me <laughs> or paintings of Barbie. So you have you live inside of your own vision board, basically. Yes. And every wall is just like guitars, um, you know, like a, a bar cart, <laughs> like, you know, big alpaca fuzzy pillows. I love it's it. It's exactly what you'd imagine. Have you done a Cribs episode yet? <sighs> just throwing it out there. If you guys really run out of ideas, I think people would love to see your home versus Katya's home. Well, I think for Cribs, you only want to do it if you have like a mansion, right? And if you have a fridge full of sodas. I have That's a three-bedroom penthouse unit in Hollywood, which is rich, yeah, but won't look rich because 1,500 square feet isn't rich to to Kansas. Sure. Okay. There, I think I have to buy a million-dollar home in, like, Wisconsin yeah. and then tour that. There you go. And people will be like, whoa. There's 2021 for you. And then people won't judge my doll collection because they'll be like, it'll it's be only one out. room in your <laughs> massive house. Yeah, exactly. They bad. aren't just shoved in closets everywhere. Yeah. And I do dabble. Not many baby dolls. I have a few baby dolls, but I think that's where it gets weird. Yeah. Yeah. I can see you having a mixed emotions about the Bumble Baby that's sitting here. <laughs> I can tell you want to like it, but it is a little repulsive. I don't like baby dolls. And I go to a lot of doll collector shows. Okay. I'm that person. Yeah. I'm two seconds from becoming like a turtleneck gay who has like <laughs> tasteful nudes. That's I'm like two seconds from it. I mean, I'm already like tall and bald too. With these glasses, aren't I like a negative of RuPaul? You, I mean, yeah. 
I just got to get that laugh down. Like, like, what is the RuPaul laugh? It's like, a, it's like a, <laughs> it's uh, like a, it's, it's like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. It's like the Crypt Keeper, like sucked some helium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. We're gonna take one last break. And now we have a bunch of Twitter questions for you. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not Too Deep. What's crazy? Healthy plant-based non-toxic cleaning products work and the good ones are actually more enjoyable to use. But where do you start and who do you trust? That's where Grove Collaborative comes in. Grove Collaborative is the online marketplace that delivers all natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Grove takes the guesswork out of going green because every Grove.co product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. Join over half a million families who try Trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. And for a limited time, when listeners go to grove.co slash grace, you will get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Mayers and Grove, a $30 value. Go to grove.co slash grace to get this exclusive cleaning offer, grove.co slash grace. Okay, Trixie. Before we get into these Twitter questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Mm-hmm. It's an unpleasant feeling, I suppose. Or it could be celebratory. It's entirely up to your intention. I was going to say, because some people really like, like I'm from the Midwest, people eat cold pasta salad, right? Some oh, people yeah. be like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Who really irks me? Let's see. I mean, and this I assume can change on a daily basis. Who would I really throw spaghetti at? Oh, I often have Uber drivers slow down and see me in drag, and I watch them cancel the ride and drive away. <laughs> really? So them, yeah, <laughs> them. If I could like have a handful of spaghetti, I'd whip it at the Tercel. Like no. <laughs> oh, I love that. Them. Uh, okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story oh. or close call, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. So mine, for example, is college jogging front lawn. <laughs> okay. Um, Provincetown, Massachusetts. <laughs> Already nude. <laughs> Standing in front of screen door, didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> wow, that really, I mean, in a very vague way, paints a specific picture. <laughs> yes, I was living alone. I didn't know that it was going to happen. I was standing nude because I lived alone. Oh. And um, surprise. Wow. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's kind of a theme for a lot of people's pants shitting stories is the unknown aspect. Oh, wait a minute. I guess who are the people who knew? Who are the people like, I knew I was... Yeah, well, a lot of people assumed it was like a fart situation and it ended up being something a little bit more catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But good for you. I mean, you were outdoors, I assume. It was indoor carpet. It was in <laughs> it was outdoor carpet indoors. It was like um, mini golf Oh, like AstroTurf. <laughs> yeah. It was oh. my first time I performed in a Provincetown... Um, you know, Provincetown, Massachusetts, one of the biggest gay like yeah, vacation yeah, towns. Yeah. And my first year doing stand up, I went there and committed to a whole summer of doing an hour almost every night. Wow! So I could really like build the muscles and learn how to bomb and learn how to like you yeah. know learn how to find out what's funny. And I was 
I got the smallest, cheapest place I could find. It had no air conditioning, no Wi-Fi, no fridge. Oof. And I was it had indoor carpet, outdoor carpet indoors. Thank God. Why not? <laughs> easy to hose off. Yes, easy. <laughs> Um, okay, we have a ton of Twitter questions Bam. for you. So let's get into these. Someone wants to know, what is one thing you hate about your job? And what is one thing that never gets old about your job? Oh, I mean, it's kind of tacky. The the Writing a joke and having it work for the first time mm, is mm-hmm. the best feeling. I've been um, going around L.A. and I've been almost every night this week calling stand-up shows People I don't know and getting saying, up and doing stand up and say, can you put me on for no pay? And you can't put because my contract, you can't put me on the roster or anything. Oh, OK. And I show up in drag for people <gasps> who do not know me. And I need to try these sections for my tour. Oh, that's great. And having some of them work is so like, ah, oh, magical. God. Yes. Yeah. And that's always like affirmation that like you do know your voice, not just, you know, what's funny, but you do know your voice without being up there in drag. Yeah. You, you're, you know what it will sound like when it comes out that instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of my jokes don't read as jokes, but dressed up as this Barbie thing with this dry delivery, I was like, that will work. Yeah, you can see the whole picture yeah. around the joke. And the part I don't like, um, hugging. <laughs> I don't like hugs very much. I'm sorry I hugged you when you no, walked it's in okay. today. I'm never going to stop somebody, but like, you know, I don't, I just don't like hugging and I feel like, um, if you if you say you don't like hugs, you're a bad person. But no, uh, I don't like hugs. Yeah, you know I love to hug people I know. You know your healthy boundaries. That's yeah. respectful. Also, hugging a drag queen, it's like hugging a pinata or something. Like it's, <laughs> just kind of arms out it's and just, like yeah, sort you of don't want to you don't want to crunch it. <laughs> oh, I'll go on record saying this too. I hate doing double air kisses. Oh, it's time consuming. I'm craning my neck, and it's always like <laughs> some gay guy who like is getting a, is, is a little too like. Hey girl, how have you been? It's like we've never met. It's uh, like already already a little too like too familiar. Too familiar. Yeah. And then the air kisses. I'm like, who are you performing for? Because it's more for them. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. want to publicly be seen air kissing a cross dresser. It's not for me. <laughs> you get nothing out of it. Nothing out of it. Um, okay, someone wants to know if you weren't on drag race, what other reality type show would you want to be on? I see her as a bad girls club girl myself. Oh. Um The Amazing Race. Would you really? I've always wanted to uh, to do it. Uh, Who would you do it with? Katya. Oh, God. I think we that have, would just be so entertaining. I think we have very complimentary skills. <laughs> Although I think the storyline is you can only bring one backpack. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, what, I, we would have to do it in drag. Yeah. <laughs> you guys would be just putting on eyelashes and running to like the pit stop. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine uh, me in this look like in Taiwan being like, uh, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I should have taken Taiwanese. Which one of us wants to rock climb? Yeah, and I also love, I mean, um, there's this, oh, it's a competition show? Is that what Or just asking? any reality show. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Sorry. I think you guys would be great on that show. I think it would be fantastic. Would you ever do like a Big Brother? No. Yeah. Oh, Courtney Act won Big Brother in the UK. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And Michelle did Big Brother UK and she's Michelle Visage and she was like. And so did Ross, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they were all just like, it's crazy. It seems like such a mind fuck. I can't believe someone would do it. Yeah. For it's not, it's not for me. I wouldn't do it. It's I would get too claustrophobic. And again, amateur production of nothing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just love though, I've seen a couple episodes of the um celebrity Big Brother, and they're 
always just wearing the under eye like pads, like the cooling pads. <laughs> it's just constantly like these models that have agreed to be on the show. And every shot is just them with those gold under eye pads on. I love it. Michelle, I believe on her season, she's constantly seen doing her makeup because you can't <laughs> listen to music. You can't watch TV, I guess. Right. Yeah, there's nothing. And so she's just so bored. She would just be <laughs> Putting on and taking off makeup over and over again. She had nothing to do. <laughs> and then you look like a serial killer after a while, just putting on makeup, wiping it off immediately. Yeah. Um, someone wants to know, why does Trixie feel the need to dab at every moment? Is it for comedic purposes or just FOMO on missing out on the trend? It's a great question. <laughs> I I love to pick up a trend right when everyone's dropped it. Yeah. Because that's I think that's funny. I love it. Yeah. So like I just started saying like, sis, that's on period, which I think probably teens on Twitter have been saying for like a year. Yeah. Period with the T at the end. And dabbing, I picked up right when like, right when I see someone's like father do it. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> Now's my time. Yes. <laughs> my um, time to shine. Because I think it's funny to sort of like earnestly try to do something that is. But also I think it adds just commentary on how stupid it is. It is. <laughs> and also like a drag queen doing it dumb. Yeah. You know? It's very silly. Uh, someone to know what is your favorite city to do shows in? Um, God, I really luck out. I'm sure out you've been everywhere. Everywhere. Um, I really luck out. People really love me in the South, mm. and obviously San Francisco, LA, um, Chicago. Does the Midwest hold a fan base for you? Big time. I'm from Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. So in, in Milwaukee, I'm definitely like a. Milwaukee's a college town. I moved four and a half years ago. So now I went from being like a hometown hero to like a fabled unicorn. Like, do you know that she lives, she used to live here? Yeah. Do you know that she still comes here? And like, you're a myth. Yeah. Now I'll go to my old favorite bars and uh -huh. like, I'll go alone and have a drink to talk to the bartenders that I used to work with. And yeah. people will be staring at me like, and I'm sort of like, this is my bar. Why are you looking at me? Yeah. You know? I, I pay for those chips on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was here when there was a vending machine and a real jukebox. <laughs> is there a, is there a Midwest drag? Yeah, sure. Really? Yeah, I mean, I used to live in Milwaukee for eight years, and I would go, I would do shows in Milwaukee, and then I would uh, take the Amtrak down to Chicago. It's an hour away, and do the shows in Chicago. Oh, cool. Chicago's a huge, huge, oh, booming yeah. drag show. I, I forget that Chicago is technically like, yeah, Midwest. Chicago has probably a big drag show five nights a week. Oh, that's cool. Um, someone wants to know, if you had your own Charlie's Angels, who would be part of the squad? Oh, great question. Um, Nancy Sinatra. Okay. <laughs> she posted me on Instagram the other day. She she posted a picture of me, and I was like, oh, my God. Wow. I mean, because, you know, my, my divas are like, you know retro divas mm -hmm. and so like when they notice me or even even if they're even if their social media gay notices me I'm like, oh, <laughs> it just feels real to me yeah nancy sinatra wanda sykes wow icon yeah I, I mean her records were like some of the first records i stole on like limewire sorry wanda <laughs> <laughs> and my third one let's say Let's throw in a Casey Musgraves. Oh, that's yeah. a good trio. Yeah. So we'd have like a Western flair. Yeah. I think, and then I think Wanda could be sort of like the Foxy Cleopatra energy. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But funnier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd have a lot of punchlines. Funnier and lesbian, which win-win. Yeah. Totally. And then who was our first one? Nancy Sinatra. I think she would just be sort of like nude with a guitar, just sort of like, just sort of posing. <laughs> Not doing much. Yeah, but I think still gets the job done. Yeah, those are my Charlie's Angels. I love that. Um, someone wants to know, if you could get into a publicity stunt rivalry with any celebrity, who would you choose? 
Oh, makeup. Somebody from the makeup community. Somebody for <laughs> I, I want to get canceled by Tati. I want to oh. get edited and exposed by Jeffrey. I want to get, you know, <laughs> hate tweeted by, you know, James Charles. I want it all. Oh, I feel And it like never happens. I this year is your year. I feel a lot of energy around it. We're manifesting this for you. Yes. And then um there's a lot of notable gay celebrities who get in like I don't want RuPaul to cancel me, but I do like that is a there's a lot of drag queens in RuPaul's RuPaul and a lot of drag queens have very star crossed. Like, yeah. Don't get along. Gotcha. 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 I love that. Oh, it's very fun. public. Which drag queens hate RuPaul? And oh, wow. Which ones he maybe like doesn't care for. Yeah. 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 I love that. Oh, that's so fun. Because, you know, he's like our. I mean, he's sort of like the pinnacle of greatness in most ways, business wise, mm -hmm. drag wise, legacy wise, you know. Yeah. And also like with such accolades, you want someone like that to like almost bless your talent in a way. Completely. Especially since when you think back of what somebody like nobody ever talks about, people talk about RuPaul like now. Yeah. Because basically what happened is this is not a read. RuPaul was a one hit wonder mm -hmm. who fall off the zeitgeist for about a decade and a half yeah. and then showed up and said, Hey, I'm the most famous drag queen in the world. <laughs> and these teens said, okay, we, we believe it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I like that. I like somebody who just like, Alyssa Edwards says, before you sell it, you got to buy it yourself. And I think mm. RuPaul is really a good self self saleswoman. Yeah. We, I, all, we all could be so lucky. Like a Mary Kay. Uh, okay. Someone wants to know what made you decide it was finally the right time to compose and record a song about Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love him. And I was, Do you? yes, I love him. I just love him. I love him. He doesn't have social media. I think he's such a good actor and he's so hot. <laughs> That's your like type. Yes, my type is you're gonna get my type really quick. My type <laughs> is like him, Michael Sarah, oh. Seth Rogen. I like like a, a a derpy Jewish that's the energy. Okay. Like a derpy Jewish nerd. Okay, okay. I don't know why. Hmm. But <laughs> I don't know why. But that's it. If you walk around here for like 15 minutes, you yeah. will have a lot of suitors. And, and I literally, I was writing a song for my boyfriend because he loves this porn actor called Jack Hunter. Uh -huh. And I was writing a song about him. And I kind of ran out of inspiration because I don't know enough <laughs> about him. And I had this idea for writing a love song about this, like a star. Mm -hmm. And then I went and saw Zombieland 2. And it kind of rekindled how much I love Jesse Eisenberg. And I came home and sat down and wrote Jesse Jesse. <laughs> And I just love it. You had, you just got true inspiration. I love him. I just love him. <laughs> and I think he's married to like a French model or something. And, Probably. Um, you know. And it's also, you know, the fact that he's not attainable on social media. There's something attractive about like not, not being able to media, reach him. Not gay. Yeah. And also not hot. <laughs> so like no one's going to go to the mat with me for him. Yeah. You're in a line of one, I think. Yes, completely. <laughs> me and his wife. Yeah. yeah which yeah, I'm yeah. taller than her, you know. <laughs> Uh, someone's to know guilty pleasure music that you listen to. Oh, um, I don't believe in the guilty pleasure music. Just pleasure music. I've taken the UK sort of POV. You know, in the UK, you can go to a nightclub and they'll be playing the Spice Girls at 9 p.m. Yeah. With no problem. Just very unironically. They don't care. Yeah. Um, I would say like my, my goof, like my, my, my music where people are like, why? Yeah. I love Michelle Branch. Wow, okay. I live and breathe for the music of <laughs> Michelle Branch. Grammy Award winner, songstress. I mean, I was learning guitar right when like everywhere and like her first few oh, hits yeah, happened. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember being 13 and learning her music. That's how I learned guitar. Oh, so cool. I like worship her. 
And now I have her phone number. And every wow. Because every so often I get a little drunk and like, I love you. <laughs> a little courageous. Yes, I just I just worship her. I think she's incredible. Oh, that's amazing. I feel like there's a collab somewhere there. Sam. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sam's here. Yeah. Um, okay. Is someone says, even if they are small gestures or words of encouragement, what are some things you do or have done to help a new or aspiring queen? Well, I'm not very encouraging. Okay. Because I don't often invite, uh, you know, wolves into my hen house. Because <laughs> there's about five drag jobs and about four million drag queens at I mean, this point. I imagine it's wildly competitive. Yes. And yeah. there used to be this like yahoo list that was like things every gay should do before they die uh -huh. and one of the things on the list was do drag and i was like i'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> that's like saying everybody has to do comedy everybody yeah. has, no you don't and i say there is no point in doing drag unless you have a crystal clear pov that is different from other people's oh yeah that is yeah that you know exactly like what you offer yeah i mean because then you're a cover band otherwise like mm -hmm. what is how are you different and what's your skill set and, and and what are you bringing to the drag show that no one does the chicago market where i'm from yeah they very much valued personas mm. so like we had you know at the time like pearl always wore white mm -hmm. or like um Kimchi always did headpieces at the time. She always had like sky high sculptures on her head. Right. My thing was sort of like the doll thing. So it was it was very valuable to be sort of memorable for one thing. Mm. And I think that really helps me now. Yeah. It's also very helpful for like building your brand, like knowing exactly what the core of it is and what yeah. people kind of expect and see you as. Yeah. And put your ear to the ground and listen to the train tracks and be like, why do people like me? Mm. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. If you're not a singer. Don't sing. Hmm. If you're not a, this, just RuPaul's not the best at everything. She just is smart enough to show herself in the best light. Yeah. That's that's, that's what a real star does. That makes sense. You think Beyonce knows how to French braid? Probably not. Probably not. She's not French braiding. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She sticks to dancing and singing. Yeah. The things that she the seems to stuff. do pretty yeah. okay. The stuff she excels at. Um, someone wants to know, what were your major influences for Barbara? Well, it's a great question. Um, I sort of fell off the folk music train and now I just live and breathe and die for like sugary 60s music. Really? Yeah. So I love um, anything like Motown and girl groups. Cool. And I love surf rock. And I also love like Fountains of Wayne, Weezer, the Go-Go's, the Donna's. I love like girly, sugary rock music. Cool. Veruca Salt. Um, and so this album is a lot of that. It's a lot of like pop melodies, but... It's we're playing plugged in guitars and hand clapping and smiling. Um, and my original sketch for Trixie was sort of this beach bunny Malibu Barbie with this like dark sense of humor. Yeah. And I kind of like looked at my original idea for Trixie and kind of redid it because this album is very beachy and very, very Malibu Barbie. Well, you're going back to your roots, it sounds like a little bit. Yes. Um, OK, one of the last questions. Is there a particular part of your upcoming growing up tour that you are extra excited to share with audiences? Yeah, the. I'm touring with a band for the first time, a real band. For the first time. Three young heterosexual men who uh, have no shame in playing for a drag queen, which how, is pretty amazing. How did you get the band? Like, how did you, did you audition people? Did you just natural collaborators? I found somebody I liked and I said, this is the instruments I need. Pick people you like that you know that you want to tour with. Okay. I mean, because that really is... Yeah, are you guys like touring on a tour bus? Yeah. Oh, so you're going to get to know each other real well. Yes. Yeah, so I'm in this back bedroom suite, you know, like a real old bedroom yeah, suite. Yeah. And then the band and the production people are in these like bunk beds. Yeah, the little cubby beds. Yes. And I just think it's important to hire straight people because 
Representation matters, and they've been in the dark long enough. <laughs> yeah. You know? Now I'm. That's very. Bone. That's very respectful of but, you. That's but if, very gracious. But if you think we're a real production, <laughs> literally, I had to buy the matching suits for the tour. We yeah. went to the Grove. <laughs> we went to the Grove, and I took them to Zara, and I made Why? them try on suits. See, this should be filmed. This seems like uh, an opening video for your show. Yeah. Then I took them to Nordstrom's and bought them all like matching smoking loafers for their. <laughs> they're in beautiful suits wow and they all match and they look incredible and honestly it was just uh maybe it's my like internalized homophobia i was just so pleased that i found people to play for me who weren't embarrassed of it oh that's great you know well i mean when do you start you start in february yeah we're going to rehearsals next week and we start february 5th that's so exciting trixie this was so fun we've reached the end of the podcast um but before you go everyone that uh agrees to be a guest gets a personalized fortune cookie from us to them so this is for you wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see i just slammed my glass down on this cookie she just hulked out on this cookie by the way this is my breakfast there you go we aim to provide i think it's vegetarian very asmr oh Anything can happen in 2020. You plus Paul Rudd, you never know. I do know. Because, get this, my what? friend worked with him on a, on a production, uh -huh. and she sent me a video of him saying, Hi, Trixie. <gasps> Thank you so much for loving me. Like, I guess he, he you listen, the secret <sighs> is you talk about someone enough, they find out you like them. Yeah. I also love Michael Sarah. And last year on tour, I had a song called Is Michael Sarah Hot, where I showed a slideshow of him for movies. <laughs> And we debated his hotness because he's one of those people, picture to picture, he's yeah. either disgusting or gorgeous. <laughs> and one of my friends does makeup for him and uh -huh. sent him the video. And he was, you know what he responded? What? I think that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so Sarah. I know. So I was like, at least he knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I can see Paul Rudd showing up at one of your shows. Well, at least Paul Rudd is universally hot. Yeah. Paul Rudd, I think everyone can agree, is hot. My boyfriend looks at me. We were watching Cursed, and we were watching Jesse Eisenberg, and he, my boyfriend was like, am I disgusting? <laughs> because you like someone who's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing your taste levels, and I'm reflecting back on our relationship, and uh, I have some questions. Let's so. just say I get very attracted to the pineapple pizza of men. <laughs> yeah, the polarizing. And I'm not trying to fight people. You got a bum leg, but like nice brows. Come over here. Oh, that's you know? amazing. Um, Trixie, where can people find you and everything that you're up to if they don't already know? You can find me on every social media platform at Trixie Mattel. And you can follow some of my products at Trixie Cosmetics. We post new products and stuff every day. And I film nice. a lot of stuff that only gets posted on the cosmetics account. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Sometimes nice, nice. really like my message yesterday that was like, everything's on sale for the same price as always. <laughs> Such an asshole. I love it. But you're trolling people in a really pleasant way. Yeah. Um, and tickets for tour are still available? Yeah, at TrixieMattel.com. Uh, I'm in 30 cities in America and then about 15 European ones this spring. So awesome. And please come. Th uh, they can pre-order the book? Oh, we got to pre-order the book on Amazon now. So much shit it's going on. crazy. That book is so fucking funny. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, my parts are funny. Read it for Katya's parts because that bitch is crazy oh that's so awesome i'm so excited congrats She's, on everything thank you so much shit going on guys go check out trixie if you haven't i'm sure you already know everything that she's up to but please go check it out and we'll see you guys next time on another episode of not too deep goodbye
Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. 